I was sent a, a comment by a lady asking me if I would do a video on the watchtower and the blood transfusion issue and what does the Bible actually have to say concerning this. And uh, it's taken me a while to get everything together because this is a very, very emotionally charged trail that I've been walking on to get the information necessary. Now, I'm not going to waste a lot of time because I'm sure there's probably a Jehovah Witness watching this where you have a, a loved one that needs a blood transfusion, a child that maybe needs one, husband, wife, maybe you yourself need one, and your elders, overseers, and everybody else is telling you you can't get a blood transfusion, that it's against the law of God. Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sit back and relax for a minute, and we're going to take ourselves through the Bible and through a few other things as well to help ease your mind to let you know what God really has to say concerning this issue. Because what you're going to find out will save your life. Get yourself a King James Bible. This is very important, guys. Even if you're a Jehovah's Witness, if you go to your JW.org website under the tab called Bibles, you can click on that, you will see they print the King James Bible there. They must not consider it apostate if they're printing it. So it's okay for you to read it, and it's okay for you to believe it. And if they don't like it, you can just tell them, hey, why do you have it on your website if you don't want me to read it? Get yourself a King James Bible, because the truth that you need to save your life, it's in here. So this is what we're going to do, guys. Let's get right down to the bottom line. Why is it that Jehovah's Witnesses are willing to sacrifice their lives? Why are they willing to sacrifice their lives and refuse blood transfusions? I was looking at some issues online about people who've died recently refusing blood transfusions because they're Jehovah's Witnesses. And one person came out before they died and said they felt it was an issue of their earthly life versus their soul. And they actually believe that if they preserved their life by getting a blood transfusion, that Jehovah would punish them. It's about time we set the record straight. Guys, if you're a Jehovah's Witness, I want you to listen closely. I mentioned this in an earlier video. The elders in your kingdom hall were given a secret handbook by the governing body. It's called Shepherd the Flock of God. There's a lot of us out here on the outside that's managed to get copies of that book. They are told not to tell you what's in this book. When your life is on the line and your elders are sitting there with his mouth shut and he will not save you, that is evil. So what I've done is simply this. This is the photocopy. I'm going to put it on the screen. This is not just a photocopy. I have the book. I'm going to show you on the screen, Shepherd the Flock of God, the secret handbook that they will not show you. Under the section of blood, 
This is the handbook that the governing body gives to the elders and tells them this is how you deal with the congregation when these situations come up. I want you to see what the shepherd the flock of God's secret manual for the elders says is the maximum penalty if a Jehovah's Witness gets a blood transfusion. Think about it. What is the maximum penalty if you got a blood transfusion that saved your life? Put it on the screen. Let's read it together. Page 111, chapter 9. Here's what it says. Willingly and unrepentantly taking blood. If someone willingly takes blood, perhaps because of being under extreme pressure, the committee should obtain the facts and determine the individual's attitude. If he is repentant, the committee would provide spiritual assistance in the spirit of Galatians 6.1 and Jude 22.23. Since he is spiritually weak, he would not qualify for special privileges for a period of time. And it may be necessary to remove certain basic privileges. Depending on the circumstances, the committee may also need to arrange for an announcement to the congregation. The elders have handled the matter having to do with name of person. You will be glad to know that the spiritual shepherds are endeavoring to render assistance. On the other hand, if the elders on the committee determine that he is unrepentant, they should announce his disassociation. Period. The maximum penalty for getting a blood transfusion, if you're wanting to stay a Jehovah's Witness, is you lose a couple of privileges for a period of time. but you're still alive. You mean to tell me they are letting their own members die in hospital rooms when the maximum penalty is you're gonna lose a couple of privileges if you accept blood? This is evil. They hid this book from you and led you to believe that the only options you had was to hope that maybe you could survive, but you knew your greater chance was that you were going to die. When the elders knew all along that their book said the maximum penalty is loss of privileges for a period of time if you're repentant or if you are unrepentant disassociation not even disfellowshipping disassociation if you are a Jehovah's Witness and you need a blood transfusion you need an organ transplant Forget about all this blood fractions nonsense. Go and get the work done. Save your life. Because I'm about to show you that in doing so, you have not broken the law of the God of this King James Bible. Let's go into the Holy Word of God and find out what God has to say 
about people who actually did eat blood. There's an instance in the Bible where there are people who actually did eat blood. What was the penalty for them? Let's take a listen. 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 30 to 35. I'll set up the situation for you. An edict had been sent down that the army was not going to eat until the battle was won. The battle took far longer than they expected. By the time the battle was over, these soldiers were so hungry. They went after the spoils and they ate the meat, blood and all. It sounds to me from my King James Bible that they slayed these animals and they ate them raw. That's the way it sounds to me. Let's read it together here and let's see what the penalty is because you're going to see here on at least two occasions it says they ate the meat with the blood. Let's see what the consequence is. 1 Samuel chapter 14 verse 30 to 35 in my King James Bible. How much more if haply the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies which they found? For had there not been now a much greater slaughter among the Philistines? And they smote the Philistines that day from Mishmash to Ajalon, and the people were very faint. And the people flew upon the spoil, and took sheep and oxen and calves, and slew them on the ground, and the people did eat them with the blood. Then they told Saul, saying, Behold, the people sin against the Lord, in that they eat with the blood. And he said, Ye have transgressed. Roll a great stone unto me this day. So now they've eaten blood. What's the consequence? Here we go. And Saul said, Disperse yourself among the people, and say unto them, Bring me hither every man his ox, and every man his sheep, and slay them here, and eat. And sin not against the Lord in eating with the blood. And all the people brought every man his ox with him that night, and slew them there. And Saul built an altar unto the Lord. The same was the first altar that he built unto the Lord. The men ate the meat with the blood. What was the consequence? None. Saul told them, bring me the ox, bring me the sheep, let's slay them here on the altar and eat. There was no consequence done to them for eating straight up blood. But they want to tell you if you get a blood transfusion, you have transgressed against Jehovah and you're doomed. Well, let me show you something, my friends. Let me show you something. There's something that's far different about the God of Jehovah's Witnesses and the God of my King James Bible. They're not the same God. Two completely different beings. One God loves life. The other God loves death. This is what my God says in my King James Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing 
and cursing. Therefore, choose life. That both thou and thy seed may live. God sets before you life and death, and he commands you, choose life. Does the Bible say, don't eat blood? Yeah, it does. What was the penalty for the guys that did eat blood? None. And you're going to see why in a moment. Does the Bible say abstain from blood? Yes, it does. But you're going to see something that I'm going to show you. Right from the King James Bible. This is why I keep telling you, please, please, please get yourself a King James Bible. The truth is in there. If a law is broken, what is it called in the Bible if you break God's law? It's called sin. I have heard Jehovah's Witnesses talk about Armageddon, the wrath of God, fear of God. I never hear Jehovah's Witness talk to me about the, the mercy, mercy of God, God, the grace of God, or the forgiveness of God. I never hear it. The mercy of God, the grace of God, or the forgiveness of God, I never hear them talk about that. So allow me to take you through the King James Bible and unveil to you the mercy that the God of this Bible is extending to you. If it's a law, well, guess what? If it's a law that's broken, it's sin. But Jesus is the forgiver of sins. Let me say it again. Did you break the law by getting a blood transfusion? According to the watchtower, you broke the law, you sinned. Well, guess what? Jesus is the forgiver of sins. He can forgive that sin. Is there a sin that's so big he can't forgive it? Or did he die in vain? He can forgive your sin. No matter how big it is, he can forgive your sin. And I'm going to let you know, if you gave blood or took blood, you didn't sin. I'm going to show you the proof. But first of all, I want to show you what the Watchtower won't. I'm going to show you the love of the God of this King James Bible. There's a friend of mine, new friend actually, she's a Jehovah's Witness working her way out of the group. She called me long distance from overseas. She contacted me through, she saw the Hidden from Jehovah's Witness series. She sent me a comment, got my email address, talked to me through email, got my phone number, and we talked on the phone for hours. She said, I took your advice, and I got myself a King James Bible. And she said, you know what? I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked at what I'm reading. Because there's so much in here that the Watchtower never told me. 
See, that's what I'm trying to tell you. So I want to tell you what the Watchtower won't tell you about the love of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God and the forgiveness of the God of this book. Psalms 86.5 For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. He's ready to forgive. Plenteous in mercy. Mark 2, 5 through 10. Jesus saw their faith, and he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And there were certain scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Jesus forgave sin, so who does that make Jesus? Immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Whether it is easier to say the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Let me read that again but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. They say if you get a blood transfusion, you sinned. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He can forgive you. But I'm going to show you that by getting a blood transfusion, you didn't actually sin. I'm going to keep going. 1 John chapter 1, 4 through 10. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. How many sins are all sins? That's all of them, brother. There's not a sin you can do that the blood of Jesus Christ, when he hung on that cross and said, it is finished, he covered them all. You can be forgiven. You don't have to die. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many unrighteousnesses? All of them. He can cleanse you from all of them. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Every single one of us has sinned and in God's eyes, sin is sin. 
It doesn't matter if it's a blood sin or if it's a sin of lying. It's sin in God's eyes. And in Jesus, he forgives sins. Acts 13, 38, 39. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. The blood law is a law of Moses. It started back in the days of the laws of Moses. Let me read these two verses for you again so you can understand that Jesus has the power to forgive your sins, even if you break a law from the days of the laws of Moses. Acts 13, 38-39 Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Jesus can forgive your sins. If you believe getting a blood transfusion is a sin... Well, guess what? Jesus can forgive your sin and you'll still be alive. The Watchtower has a different God. The Watchtower has a different God. It's not the God of my King James Bible. One more. Ephesians 1, 5 through 7. Having predestined unto us, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. Grace is you didn't deserve it, but he gave it to you anyway because he loves you. The watchtower is quick to throw it at you. The light gets brighter and brighter. And they ignore the next verse. So allow me to read both of the verses together. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 17 through 19. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. But the way of the wicked is as darkness, and they know not at what they stumble. The Watchtower Society has a long history of stumbling and calling their stumbling new light. There are things that they hide from you that you need to know. And I want you to understand something. If you're in need of a blood transfusion, don't let anybody stand in your way. I understand that they've come out with a brand new blood card 
that they want you to sign. I don't call them blood cards. They're suicide cards. And the way this new one is worded, they make it so if you sign that card, you've basically signed your life away. That there's nobody, neither friend, nor family, nor judge, nor doctor, that is permitted to save your life. I'm going to let you know from the scriptures what God has to say. And when this message is over, if you would hear the words of the merciful God of my King James Bible, my prayer is that you will take that blood card and set it on fire. You don't need to carry that thing with you because you're going to see the God of this book wants you alive. He says, present your body a living sacrifice. You're not to die before your time. So I'm going to show you from the scriptures that you have not broken the law. There is a law that many of us are familiar with. It's the Sabbath law. This is what it says in the Sabbath law. Exodus chapter 20 verse 10. But the seventh day of the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, in it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. So, what the Bible says, according to the law, on the seventh day, you do no work. The penalty for breaking the Sabbath law was death. But Jesus. But Jesus. Under the law, we're all guilty. Not a one of us is not guilty under the law. But Jesus came. And he took care of that for us. I'm trying to hold it together, guys. I'm trying. This is what the Lord has to say concerning the Sabbath. And the religious leaders of his day, known as the scribes and the Pharisees, they were quick to try to condemn people based upon the Sabbath. But Jesus came. And he explained the law more fully so that we would understand what it was really about. I'm hoping this message saves some people's lives. Let's do this. Matthew chapter 12, verse 10 through 12. I'm going to show you that you did not break the law by getting a transfusion. Matthew chapter 12, verse 10 through 12 in my King James Bible says, And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered 
And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days, that they may accuse him? And he said unto them, Listen closely. What man shall be among you? that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will not lay hold on it and lift it out. Now understand the situation that Jesus just put these religious leaders in. They know the law. The law says on the Sabbath, no work or you die. Jesus said, if you have a sheep that falls into a pit on the Sabbath day, which one of you guys wouldn't break the law to save the life? Listen to what else he says here. How much then is a man better than a sheep? Jesus sets the precedent. If you have the law on one side and you have a life on the line on the other, you set aside that law and you save that life because you can be forgiven for breaking the law. But if that person dies, you cannot hit the reset button and bring them back. That person is far more valuable to God alive than they are dead. And the God of my King James Bible told you to choose life. Let me bring it a little closer to home. You're walking down the street, minding your own business. Over here in the front yard, there's some kids playing in the front yard, and they're being kids. Across the street, there's a dog who's getting riled up by all these kids jumping around, screaming and everything. The dog has managed to get out the yard. He comes after those kids. Most of the kids manage to get away, but one's not fast enough. And that dog starts mauling that kid. What do you do? You're the only one that can help that kid. What do you do? Do you pull out your phone and go, man, this will look great on YouTube? Or do you break the law of trespassing on someone's private property? Trespassing is against the law. But there's a life on the line. And I don't know a judge in the world that would hold it against you if you broke the trespassing law to save somebody's life. Luke chapter 14 verses 1 through 6 the religious leaders didn't get the memo he just got through telling them the law versus life life trumps law law broken can be forgiven life lost cannot be regained they didn't get the message so here we go again Luke chapter 14, verse 1 through 6. And it came to pass as he went to the house of one of the chiefs of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day that they watched him. And behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. 
And Jesus answering spake unto the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace. And he took him and healed him and let him go. And answering them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? So again, before the legal men, the lawyers, and the Pharisees, the people who knew the law, he's saying, look, guys, which one of you, if you had an ass or an ox fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, wouldn't break the Sabbath law to save the life? Now, Jehovah's Witness leaders, for the members, I'm not talking about you right now. I'm talking to the leaders. I'm talking to the ones who put together the gray mist, this New World Translation. I call it the gray mist because the deeper you get into it, the more it obscures your vision. It doesn't tell you the truth because they changed this book to make it agree with their teachings. And my King James Bible warns, if you change God's word, God's going to judge you. And what the Watchtower leaders did for this verse that I just read to you, they changed this verse. And by changing this verse, they've condemned themselves. Because where my King James Bible says, which one of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit would not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? In this gray mist, for Luke chapter 14, verse 5, it says, Then he said unto them, who of you, if his son or bull falls into a well, would not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? If your son. Now we have a human's life on the line. And in your own gray mist, it says, which one of you? wouldn't rescue him. You'll break the law to do it, but are you going to leave your son in the well to die? Are you going to leave your brother on the operating table to die? Because the law said you have the precedent in your own Bible to save to save their life these kids didn't have to die they didn't have to die they died because they were lied to by the Jehovah's Witness leadership who are guilty of distortion of the word of God and blatant misrepresentation of the word of God. Their own Bible gave them permission to get blood transfusions because Jesus gives you permission to set aside the law to save lives.
Why did they hide it from you? Why did they hide it from you? Remember this book? Insight on the Scriptures. We talked about it quite a bit. Volume 2, the Jehovah's Witness Dictionary. In here, under the letter L, it says, Lie, the opposite of truth. Lying generally involves saying something false to a person who is entitled to know the truth. It also says, while malicious lying is definitely condemned in the Bible, this does not mean that a person is under obligation to divulge truthful information to people who are not entitled to it. The reason they held it from you, Jehovah's Witness, is because the leadership of the Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe that you are entitled to know the truth. Because if you knew the truth, you would leave the watchtower. You would know these men are not speaking for God. You would know that they blatantly misrepresented God's word. They created their own God. They mentioned in an earlier edition of their watchtower that they originally used the King James Bible. When they first started their religion with Charles Taze Russell, they used the King James Bible. They didn't fully believe it, but they used it. But they had a God that they wanted to create. So first they went to the American Standard because in the 1930s they took on the name Jehovah's Witnesses and the American Standard Version used the word Jehovah in the Old Testament. That's why you'll see on JW.org under Bibles they have the New World Translation and they have the American Standard. Why? Because they bought the rights to print the American Standard because they liked the fact that it said Jehovah and they didn't like the King James Bible because the King James Bible speaks of a loving, merciful God. And that is not the God they wanted you to have. They wanted you to have a God of their own design. So they wrote the New World Translation to create him. And the God of this New World Translation, the Gray Mist, gives them permission to come out with a book like this, Insight on the Scriptures, which tells them it's okay to lie to you because you're not entitled to know the truth and it doesn't matter if you die. The God of the Gray Mist wants you to die. That's why they rewrote your blood card to make sure that if you end up in a situation where you need a transfusion, it makes sure that you die. The God of my King James Bible says choose life. The God of my King James Bible lets you know that if the law is on one side and if there's a life on the line on the other, you choose life. You have not broken any law. And even if you had broken the law, Jesus is the forgiver of sins. And I'm here to tell you this, guys. Nobody's broken the law by getting a blood transfusion. You heard it from the scriptures. Jesus already set the precedent. If you find yourself in a position where you need a blood transfusion, get your blood transfusion. If the watchtower doesn't like it, it's just too bad for them. Because any group that would have you in it and tell you and lead you to believe that you're better off dead than alive and they hide from you the elder's handbook that tells you that the maximum penalty if you did get a blood transfusion 
If you're repentant about it, you'll just lose a few privileges for a period of time. But if you're animate about it, they'll just disassociate you. And if they disassociate you, guys, don't worry about it. There's a lot of us out here that would love to be your friend, that would love to have you, that love to talk to you, spend time with you, and you will see that all they have to say about us out here is point blank lies. We are not evil, wicked people. We're people that care enough to try to reach you, and that's why I put this series together. So hopefully, hopefully, this video will help you to understand that if you're going to follow the God of the gray mist, the New World Translation, he's going to lead you the same way David Koresh led his people and Jim Jones led his people to their destruction. But if you follow the God of the King James Bible, here you have a merciful God, a loving God, a forgiving God, a graceful God that knows that we're going to sin because we're only human. But he's a forgiving God. Why don't you pray and ask him to forgive you of your sins and to open your eyes so you can see what the Watchtower really is? Because people who actually open their eyes, it's kind of unique. The ex-Jehovah Witness community, I've never been a Jehovah Witness. I'm just a researcher. I've been researching the Watchtower for over 30 years from the outside. And it's amazing the view you can get from the outside. Because from the outside, you can see the inside and the outside. But when you're on the inside, you're only permitted to see what they show you. But it's amazing on the outside, the ex-Jehovah Witness community call it waking up. Waking up. It's like you're asleep when you're in there. And then all of a sudden, the light comes on and you start to wake up and realize, wait a minute, where am I? What am I doing here? I can't believe I used to believe that stuff before. It's waking up. Why did you join? You joined because you wanted to be pleasing to God. You wanted to be pleasing to the Almighty. You wanted to make sure that when you died, you go to the presence of God. Okay? So allow me to give you the words from the God of this King James Bible that cares enough about you that even though he made laws, he gave you a provision to save your life. He can forgive you if you sin. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. The Watchtower having you believe on what they admit is the Father's name. But my King James Bible says you're supposed to believe on the name of the Son. If you want eternal life, you want forgiveness of sins, it is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that forgives your sins. So, pray. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and to open your eyes. Get yourself a King James Bible. Because long after I'm gone... This King James Bible is going to be there. That way, if you got questions, you don't got to come to me. Go to God's Word. The answer's in here. And I'm really hoping that I've been able to uh, to reach 
you guys out there and let you know what the King James Bible actually teaches concerning the issue of blood and maybe somebody's life has been saved. Until next we meet. Good night, everybody.